Radio OUM roaming across your mind. Thank you so much for still tuning into iRadio OUM this lovely Friday afternoon, although the weekend is in your mind. Yes, some leftover open houses lined up for you this weekend. I hope whatever you're planned, uh, your, you've planned for the weekend, you'll stay tuned to iRadio OUM until 4.30 because right now it's the management and medical legal segment. Now, what is the management and medical legal segment? Well, it's actually the nursing segment. For simplicity's sake, for not making my tongues being tied up or anything, yeah? My tongue, actually, yeah? Um, being tied up or anything, let's just call it the nursing segment, okay? You're tuned into me, DJ Hanim. In today's installment of the nursing segment, we're taking a look at managing ward and clinical Area. Hmm. Okay. Now, last few weeks I've talked about leadership, management, and so on. So now is perhaps the 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 part where you apply these theories. Okay. Now, of course, I'm talking about um. Well, how nurses, the ability of a nurse to provide safe and effective nursing to a patient, is actually very very much related to her the, to the level of knowledge she has to her skills, to her competency level, even to her attitude and experience and even the severity of the illness of the patients. Okay, so there are different factors um, that that is um, very much related to the quality of patient care. Okay, and most of these factors are dependent on the nurses. Okay, so it's very, very important for the nurses to know how, what are the proper, what are the um, well, what are the um, important aspects when it comes to managing ward and clinical area okay but before i share more uh specifics or more details on that i'd like to share with you this very very interesting information okay now of course um when it comes to nursing okay when we talk about um historical figures in nursing one name chances are this name will crept up over and over and over again when it comes to nursing because her name to nursing is like Alexander Graham Bell to the telephone okay it's like William Shakespeare to the written world it's like uh, Gutenberg to the printing world okay Florence Nightingale also known as the lady of the lamp yeah is is famous for her medical care of the sick and wounded soldiers during the war, okay? And this very famous lady not only invented the modern nursing profession, but she also marks the introduction of women into the medical profession, okay? So that's how big a contribution Florence Nightingale has on nursing, okay? Now, um, while doing my research on Florence Nightingale on this segment, yeah, I came across this this um, monologue, historical monologue, presented by artist historian George S. Stewart. Okay, and he is talking about Florence Nightingale. Okay, so let's take a listen to this uh, clip of Florence Nightingale by George S. Florence Nightingale was a young woman of very good family in London, and uh, the Nightingale is very prominent, very well-to-do. But Florence had a, a, some sort of an epiphany in her teens that she wanted to help mankind. That's always dangerous. She was determined, very strong-willed young woman. 
And despite her parents' uh, desires that she marry and do the usual things, she went off to Germany. She found a, a, a nursing uh, school, very unusual, uh, for teaching females to nurse. Nursing wasn't for women. And then she came back to London and finally got herself hired, or maybe volunteered, in a London hospital. When her family heard about it, they were oh, my God, what's she thinking of? The, the public hospitals were where the, the poorest, most miserable, awful, lowest class, dirty, filthy, drunk people, awful, 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 went to die. And here was their delicate daughter attending these people. Well, of course she was. And she was determined to do it. She said, this is what needs to be done. And then the, the Crimean War broke out. She said, well, this is what I'm, I'm here for, to take nursing to the front lines. Well, of course, the military had never heard of such a thing. What nonsense is this? Molly Codlin. Wait, wait, in the war, if your fellow falls down shot, you carry him off the field or cover his face. And if you've got a broken leg, you sort of jerk it around until he gets set. I mean, you do it yourself, for God's sake. Pluck it up. But she said, no, 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 they need to be nursed. Well, she had an awful time. She had connections. Her family was well connected. She had connections to the government and the War Department. She knew somebody there. Somebody knew somebody. And she bashed them until they finally let her go to the war front. I'm roaming across your mind. Thank you so much for still tuning into iRadio OUM. You're listening to me, DJ Hanim, in today's installment of the nursing segment. Okay, today I am talking about managing ward and clinical area. Okay, earlier on I shared with you about Florence Nightingale. Okay, this very, very important lady in the world of nursing. Okay, and we'll talk about the world of nursing. Of course, you know, it's grown leaps and bounds since Florence Nightingale's day. Okay, now in today's, um, well, the healthcare system today, yeah, especially for a medical center, yeah, uh, medical organization, no matter how the organization works to retain the existing stuff now there, there there are bound to be some turnover okay some staff will retire other will move to different um, units perhaps or different parts of the country etc now for a health uh, healthcare organization to thrive then it's very very important strategy should be to work at retaining the staff they already have so there should be major efforts uh, concentrated towards attempting to reduce undesired turnover okay so when it comes to um ensuring that there is very little turnover then it's very much related it's very directly related to the satisfaction of the employees okay now very surprisingly okay although nurses play such a big role in any healthcare organization yeah very little is known definitely about what leads to nurse satisfaction okay now, there are many factors that are believed to be relevant to keeping nursing staffs satisfied, okay? 
the issue of financial payment is of course relevant okay a higher salary might you know um excite them might cause these nurses to move from one organization to another but one key reason is actually exhaustion burnout okay now burnout is more likely to cause nurses to leave nursing completely okay because they 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 when they they suffer from this exhaustion this burnout yeah nurses will be less productive they start making all the mistakes they start to have low morale they try to uh, or or maybe they 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 take more sick days etc yeah However, the most obvious cause of burnout is short staffing, okay? When there are simply not enough nurses to get the job done on any given day or week, then the existing staff can push or force ne- to push themselves, okay? And you know, sometimes these nurses they have to do double duty, okay? So no wonder they are very tired at the end of the shift okay so the other factor for nurses to be uh, to 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 have this exhaustion is that you know all these problems culminating uh, and then um combining with other financial problems you know etc or maybe there is lack of career advancement so all of this are weighing on their head okay and this is not a healthy environment to work in okay so when it comes to staffing strategy when it comes to keeping the nurses happy when it comes to reducing turnover there are a few strategies managing these personnel that a nurse leader can actually ap- apply so what are those strategy if you want to find out stay tuned to i radio oum i radio oum roaming across your mind thank you so much for still tuning into i radio oum in the nursing segment you're tuned to me dj hanim and today's installment of the nursing segment we're taking a look at staffing management okay when it comes to the healthcare organization or uh, when it comes to nursing you know nurse leaders themselves okay now um okay earlier on i've shared with you some of the reasons why well some nurses uh, suffer from burnout okay now let me just throw these numbers to you now the current nurse patient a nurse patient ratio in malaysia is one nurse to 324 patients okay and the ideal criteria the op- the aim uh, is one nurse to 205 patients by the year 2015 so you know i didn't do the maths okay but in essence malaysia yeah malaysia need another 100,000 nurses to meet this goal okay now of course what about the nurses now one nurse to 324 patients the number is staggering okay so no wonder our nurses are suffering from burnout no wonder they are exhausted okay now of course you know staffs are likely to be more content if they believe they have a caring 
manager. Okay, so this is where the nursing leader needs to come into play. Okay, you need to be interested in the development of your subordinates. Okay, you need to be supportive. You need to be fair. You need to be able to plan the time wisely, to schedule the, the staff wisely. Okay, the overall attitude, support system of a of the unit manager and the administrator can at least to some extent offset the fact that there's only one nurse available for 324 patients. The number is staggering, okay? Now, the thing is, yeah, the cost of coaching new staff is high, okay? Uh, you know, for, for the nurses, even young nurses who are well-trained in their, in their schools or whatever, yeah, in their nursing schools and whatever, the cost of coaching them to the, to the healthcare, um, organizations, uh, perhaps, you know, uh, protocols and so on is still high. So the, the idea is not to have more and more and more and more new nurses. The idea is to retain the nurses you have. Okay. And of course, this is directly related to keeping the nurses that you have now satisfied. Okay. Now, when you have you know, all these uh, you know, experienced nurses, yeah, when you become a more experienced nurses, then it's their place to coach new staff, okay? And you know, these new staff will be coached in decision making, you know, help them become part of the team, and this will make a huge difference in turnover, okay? So it's 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 about the whole organizational uh, outlook, okay? Because how an individual yeah is treated by the senior and also by the superior, the perception of fairness and a willingness to see each employee as individual actually contribute to lessening staff turnover, which is very, very important. We've come to a point where it is crunch time, okay? 2015, yeah, the 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 the, the date, the deadline for the for the one nurse to 205 patients ratio is six years away okay so we need to get cracking now okay we need to implement all these policies now in order for us to you know retain the nurses we have and to develop new nurses who are capable of taking care of the patients okay and speaking of the patients there's actually a patient classification system that can work wonders with the staff okay if you want to know more about this stay tuned to our radio OUS. I Radio OUM roaming across your mind. Thank you so much for still tuning in to I Radio OUM. You're listening to me, DJ Hanim, in today's installment of the nursing segment. Today, I'm talking about managing staff. Okay, when it comes to managing ward, clinical area, managing nursing personnel. Okay, now earlier on, as promised, I said I want to share with you about patient classification system. Hmm, okay. Now just imagine, okay, uh, you are working, that's your shift for today, and this is the first time, uh, you've, you've just gotten a new position. You are now the, um, the nurse leader for the shift or the shift leader. Okay. So there's patient A who just had a heart attack, but his condition is already stabilized, stabilized. Okay. And then there's patient B who was involved in an accident. He has a broken leg. Now, if you, the newly appointed nurse manager, uh, how would you determine the allocation of staff for each patient? What would be your judgment call 
that when you what are your judgment when you consider the decision okay now what you need to do what you need to know is the patient classification system now to identify how many staff is needed at any given time in a specific unit it's very necessary to determine what actually the patient's needs are okay so that's what a patient classification system is it's a measurement tool okay and it is used to articulate the nursing workload for a specific patient over a period of time okay so another name for this is patient equity okay now when a patient becomes more ill or sicker then their equity level rises so this means that the patient requires more nursing care on the other hand if they uh, their equity level decreases then you know they require less nursing care okay now criteria reflect care needed in bathing mobilizing eating supervision assessment observations etc are based on the activities of daily living by virginia Henderson, so you can you can take a look at this, yeah. Maybe perhaps you can you can actually um, Google this 14 activities or daily of daily living or ADL by Virginia Henderson. Okay, now there are two different types of patients classification system or PCS. There's the factor system and there's the prototype system. So let's take a look at the these different types first. Yeah? Let's take a look at the factor system. This system uses units of measure that equates to nursing time. Okay. So what happens here is that this system attempts to capture the cognitive functions of assessment, planning, intervention and evaluation of patient outcomes along with written documentation process. And this is actually the more the more commonly used, the more the most popular type of classification system. So uh, nurses are able to uh, project care needs for individual patients as well as patients group. Okay, and the time assigned for different nursing activities can be changed over time to reflect the changing needs of the patients or the hospital system. Okay, now the advantage of this system is that it is readily available data to managers and staff for day-to-day operations and that these data provide a base of information against which one can justify changes in a staffing requirement okay now a disadvantage of this system is that it becomes an ongoing workload for the nurses to classify patients every day okay and the the system does not capture the patient's need for psychosocial environmental and health management support okay and the next, uh, the last disadvantage is that a novice may take longer to perform activities than the average nurse or more experienced nurse. So what happens is that it will actually um, it will change the time needed for the for the for the care activities, treatment, and so on. Okay, and then there's the prototype system. Now the prototype system allocate nursing time to large patient group based on similar patients or known as diagnostic related um, related groups. Okay, so this 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 system assumes that on average this will reflect the, the standard routine nursing care provided. So what happens here is that it will help this the nurses reduce work for the uh, reduce work because he or she is not required to classify patients daily 
okay because they are already classified in their uh, di- diagnostic okay but the disadvantage is that no ongoing measure of the actual nursing work required by the individual patient as well as no ongoing data to monitor the accuracy of the pre-assigned nursing requirements. So in order to actually determine which of these two different systems could work for your healthcare organisation, for your nurses and so on, if you are the nurse manager, then you need to look at the perhaps what's available for you. Okay, what's the workload like? Okay, there's also a new model uh, proposed by Malok and Konivalov. Okay, now um, the indicators that I'm going to show about, uh, I'm going to sh- share with you in a little while, are measured in, she- in each shift by the staff. As part of the staff assessment, okay? And this model attempts to move away from the task to indecise. Indecise that measure the professional components of nursing care and patient outcome. So this new model, uh, in this new model, there are seven domains of patient care that needs for nursing intervention, which is the cognitive status, self-care ability, emotional, social, spiritual well-being, family information needs or support status, Treatments, interventions, interdisciplinary coordination and transitions. Okay, so what what happens for the patient care outcome is that the clinical condition, the knowledge of the disease or processes, self-care management and healthy behaviours are achieved. Okay, so these are um, the, the patient classification system. Let me take a small break. I'll come back with more after the break. Radio OUM roaming across your mind. Thank you so much for still tuning into iRadio OUM, specifically to the nursing segment with me, DJ Hanim. Okay, it's the final minutes of today's installment of the nursing segment. Okay, and of course, today we're talking about management and nursing. Okay, and when you become a nurse manager, okay, we've covered a lot of different things about nursing, management in nursing, and so on. Yeah, but if you become a nurse manager, now one of the most um, important aspect of the job is when it comes to scheduling. Okay, now, of course, scheduling of staff is the responsibility of the head nurse or manager. Okay, so what happens with the schedule is that you are responsible to actually uh, place the suitable staff on each day and then the shift, yeah, for the safe and effective patient care. Okay, now, there are some issues or some factors that you need to consider when you are uh, creating, when you are scheduling these staffs and shifts, okay? Now, the first uh, issue is the type of patient and equity, okay? And then the total number of patients, okay? This will impact on how many people you should uh, schedule during that time, okay? Of course, if there are more people, then uh, logically, there should be more nurses, okay, to attend to these different patients, okay, and then the experience of your staff, okay, it's it's just it's just not advisable to have too many new staffs, okay. You need to have one or two experienced staff so that they can actually guide the new ones as well, okay. And last but not least, the support available to your staff okay now um, accordingly yeah, because we, we go through different developments different innovations year to year, to year yeah? there's this new process which is called self-scheduling okay now this happens when staff on a unit 
they themselves decide collectively and implement the monthly work schedule. Okay, now self scheduling uh, is is actually a tool to boost staff morale. Okay, because they are more in control over their work environment. Okay, and they are in control of their scheduling. Okay. So what happens is that uh, the staff is given a chance, an opportunity to communicate among themselves, okay? And they will be given a sense of empowerment and professional growth, okay? So this uh, type of scheduling will also provide uh, maximum flexibility for staff, okay? And serves to increase their sense of ownership and shared responsibilities in ensuring that their respective works are adequately recognised. This is according to Shulen Berger uh, in the year 2000. Okay, so these are the different considerations perhaps that you should take when you are scheduling. If you ever come to a point where you need to schedule your staff, okay, because of course a sense of empowerment is very very much important in one's work. Okay, and of course another function of a nurse manager. Is evaluation. This is basically uh, telling your employees, yeah, providing feedback towards their performance. Okay, because this is a type of rewards as well. Okay, every month you get your salary. Okay, but if you are you're not told that you're doing a good job, if you are not told that hey you're going on the right track, then chances are you'd feel a bit lost. Okay, you'd feel a bit. Resent, uh, resent, a little bit of resentment towards the management. Okay, now that's the actual appraisal as well. You know, sometimes and at the end of the year and so on. But this is sometimes a viewed as a negative experience. Okay, but you know you should actually see appraisals as a form of feedback mechanism. Yeah, uh, where role clarification, evaluation of competency-based performance outcomes, yeah, the contribution of the employee has made to the organization. These are the things that can be highlighted. In the appraisal, okay. So it's very, very important to get up to date when it comes to evaluation. Okay, what's the right way to phrase your words? Because it's very, very important. Because words can make or break a person. Okay, people. Well, I'd like to share more with you about uh, management in nursing and so on. Yeah. But it looks like this is all the time I get to share with you today. Okay, but to end today's segment, I thought I'd like to share with you another sound clip about Florence Nightingale. Okay, from the same guy who talked about her earlier on, Judge S. Hall. Okay, this is about Florence Nightingale and her fight, her story in the Crimean War. Okay, so let's hope that Florence Nightingale continue to inspire nurses all over the world. Okay, now this is me, Hanim, signing off. Have a great day ahead, and this is George's Hall on Florence Nightingale. Bye bye. Now Florence Nightingale been training nurses. I think there were about twenty women. She'd been training as nurses, and they all shipped off to the Bosphorus. The base the British French were using was Scutari, which was right across the Bosphorus from Constantinople. And that was the base that they transshipped across to the Crimea and the uh, big fortress of Sevastopol and where the action was in the Crimea across the Black Sea. Well, she landed there, and of course Lord Raglan, who was in command of British forces, said, Madam, you are to take your hoors and return to England forthwith. <laughs> she had to explain to them that uh, they were nurses and they were there for a purpose. Well, he didn't want any part of that.
He wanted them out of there. But they had about four weeks before the next ship came. So he let them occupy a Turkish barracks. If you can imagine what that might have been like. Well, she and her nurses and the walking wounded, there were plenty of them around, cleaned the thing out and began to put up beds and, and nurse the soldiers. And, of course, then they began to pour in from the front. The battle at Inkerman, the battle at Balaclava, the charge of the library, these slaughters, the most awful leadership the British and French had, led their troops into mass slaughter. It was just awful. And then, of course, cholera broke out, and all of this was dumping back on this Kutari base, and she and her women, and it, it expanded. And, of course, Raglan finally said, all right, you can do your nursing thing if you don't get underfoot. Oh, gracious to the end. 